I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Flames Nation Radio. I'm Ryan Pike. He's Shane Stevenson, and we're presented to you, as always, by our wonderful friends at Eau Claire Distilleries, the, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey, the Calgary Flames. Shane, uh, if you're a Flames fan lately, yeah. it's been a it's been an interesting month. In the last uh, since December first, the Flames have played 20 games. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, on Thursday before the Flames' second game this week with the St. Louis Blues. So since December first, the Flames have played 20 games. They've gone nine, five, and six. So if you're a glass half full person, they've gotten points in all but five of their games. So 15 of 20 in that span, which is pretty good. Uh, and their points percentage is 600 in that span, which is a pace to get you to the playoffs. If you're a 600 team over an 82 game schedule, you're a 100 point team yeah. and you're in the playoffs. Granted, they were playing below that pace or around 500-ish before uh, December 1st. So they need to, to be a comfortable playoff team. They need to play at a smidge over a 600 pace to to get to the dance. And I think they're they're on pace for that. But the thing that probably drives fans to frustration, Shane, is sort of encapsulated in the last week of games. So in the last week, the Flames beat the, the New York Islanders by a 4-1 score at home. Uh, the New York Islanders were playing their third game in four nights and their fourth game in six nights. Uh, they The Islanders were at the tail end of a road trip that took them through Seattle, Vancouver, uh, Edmonton and Calgary. So the the four the the cluster of four Western Pacific Northwest teams, and the Islanders lost three out of four, and the Flames were the third game they lost, uh, and they the only win they had was Vancouver, which of those four teams seems like the softest team to play, and so the Flames faced a team that was kind of tired and out of their element. The Flames scored a bunch of goals early and then just didn't let the game get away from them. So. Good work. They did that. They they understood the assignment and they followed along. Then they played uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks uh, in oh. Chicago and lost four uh, three in overtime against. I mean, the Blackhawks have a really good top line. Uh, Matt, you know, Max Domi and they're Shen. missing. They're missing one of the most offensive. They're missing Patrick Kane. Yeah, but like I mean, they the, the Chicago Chicago is a team that does not give a crap about if you think they're any good or not. Uh, Lucas Reichel, the nephew of uh, Calgary Flames legend Robert Reichel, scored a couple points. Uh, he was very good. Uh, Domi was really good. Uh, Phil Kur- Philip Kurashev, which I believe is the third guy at that line, was also really good. So they had a line that was really cooking. The Flames didn't. Uh, the Chicago got very nice goaltending from Alex Daylock after he was a little bit shaky early. And, you know, the Flames were playing the worst team to- – standings wise in hockey and only got a point out of it 
and they had a bad start and then they had to dig themselves out and they almost completely dug themselves out, but not quite. And the same could be sort of said for their game against St. Louis on Tuesday, where again, identical four, three loss. Uh, it was kind of resemblant of, it was the mirror universe version of that Islanders game where the flames were going in and they're playing a decimated uh, St. Louis team that's missing, yeah. I think seven or eight regular players, some good players too. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, uh, my my friend uh, Jeff Ponder from uh, from the Let's Go Blues podcast, uh, he always he he posted on, on something on uh, on socials that made me chuckle. The, the Springfield uh, uh, was it uh, the Springfield Blues? <laughs> yeah, the Springfield Blues uh, or Blues or Foul Blues or something. Uh, no Thunder Blues, Thunder Blues, because they're now called the Springfield uh, Thunderbirds. They are the Springfield Thunder Blues because it's the St. Louis Blues with a bunch of uh, Springfield players sort of championed to fill in the gaps. But I mean. It yeah. worked. They, the Blues have some pretty useful depth. They are a veteran team that sort of just plays the same way, and they were not particularly good early against Calgary. The Flames were the better team for like the middle 40 minutes, but mm-hmm. they had a bad first couple minutes where they took a couple penalties and then got scored on, and then they had a bad first couple minutes of their period where they got scored on three times and only two of the goals counted. And they managed to to ride it out. And they're the, good at they're good once it's tied in the third. They're good at just nothing, right? They're good at just making the game turn into nothing. Calgary's one of the best teams at doing that, and that's actually been uh, one of Daryl Sutter's traits of the teams he has. Is they after a while they get really good at having a game just turn into nothing, where you just back and forth through the neutral zone with no real chances and yeah, and, and, and in, just terms, ride it in out. terms of your game Which, management, like look that, at that, how many overtimes the Flames have been in. That they're that, they're good at that. That, that third period, reason. that third period against uh, the Islanders even was the Flames going okay, yeah, we're done here. You, you know they just they just. It was like it was basically watching a sponge. If the, all a sponge did was sort of eat up time and space, like it was, you gotta. I think the Flames. You can sort of see the the veteranness, for lack of a better term, of the Flames in those situations because they they do a nice job of sort of slowing things down and clearing things up and sort of making it a bit of a slog to the other team. Uh, but they're also a veteran enough team that you'd probably say going into a third period up two goals on the road against a team like win that Lewis. Damn game. yeah it's win that damn it's yeah. it's the find a way to win situation where you know the flames sometimes just find ways to make their lives difficult and speaking of making lives difficult shane had a, a fun week with our our, uh, our bets of the day uh over the last three games uh for those of you who are unfamiliar with us just joining us thank you for joining us uh shane uh as the person between the two of us who's much more familiar with the rigors of gambling than i am uh shane is our uh our, our guru for the bets of the day unless he's busy and then i have to do it uh so shane it's been less and less lately anyway. our bets of the day for, for betway on every game day and shane provides very nice rational uh viewpoints on here is the ba- statistical background for why i would do this this way if you felt like gambling and the last week he just had a bad week so i i I go through each game and i go to hockey viz i don't i don't even look at the team preview matchup i go right to the team board uh, and i also go to evolving hockey and i do isolated for the last two weeks and i look at all the numbers before i make any of the bets and then the the games and then we're at to the point where we can trust the we have enough of a sample size you can trust and then they but, just won't do it. And well, we, we you know we, we always we always it. joke about this. We always joke about this. 
that hockey is voodoo. Goaltending yeah. is definitely voodoo, but Goal hockey is one of those things where there's variances in the game of hockey and randomness in the game of hockey where we talk about – we use the term goalie all the time where – your team can put up 60 shots and, you know, a lot of them good shots on a goalie, but if the goalie's in the zone, you're not going to win. And that's, yeah. you know, that happens sometimes. If you look at the, the three games. Sometimes it's the team, right? Like sometimes if the team can limit the chances too, like good team, like Colorado last year, they're, they're the Colorado was... something blues too, because they're injured as hell all over the place <laughs> as well. Um, but like teams this year that are killing it, like Winnipeg, for instance, Winnipeg is a perfect example of that. So the uh the three games that Shane had, he had uh he against the Islanders, he said Islanders uh, puck line, as in the Islanders could lose uh by a couple goals and still do okay. And mm. then they lost by I think you're, I think the puck line is one and a half 1. and they 5, lost yeah. by three. So no, sorry, five. Shane. Yeah. Uh, the total shots, he said under 62.5. That happened. It was, I think, uh, uh, almost under 50. It was, uh, that, that's the first time I hit an under on a shot. Prop. It almost never happens that. And he said the Flames get a power play goal. The Flames did not. Uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks, he said Flames win. Money line? No, they did not win in any way. Uh, he said Flames 34 plus shots. The opposite of, of the other game, Jane got an over. So back to back games, he got an under shot prop and an over shot prop, and they both hit. Uh, and then this one, here's, this was the one, this is the one that I laughed at. <laughs> here's the thing that sort of, so you, 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 in your, in your description, you said first goal, even strength. Was that for Calgary? Or was that just in the game? That was, well, it was just in the game, but did I they, let, let me tell you one thing, Pike. I did not, did not in my head at any point in time, expect it to be Chicago. <laughs> You're like, yeah. If you were, if you had been like, you know, who's going to score his first NHL goal? Lucas Reichel, Reichel. AHL yeah, star Lucas Reichel. You'd be like, you make a lot of money if you bet that, right? But it's probably there's probably a few degenerate gamblers who you know were betting hard on Lucas Reichel because it's not like Lucas Reichel had insanely you know he, he wouldn't was, have been even first on the odds. He wouldn't have even been there's, on the odds. There's some some boards where I think you can write in like random obscure players if they if they dress. I have no idea how the hell that works, but. Mm-hmm. Lucas Reichel is not a guy who's exactly known for his offense, but he's staying up. So that's kind of fun for him, but he, he uh, helped Shane uh, convert on that. And then the pain and the misery of the, of the St. Louis game where uh, Shane said flames puck line win. No Anderson, one or more assists. No, oh, they would have hit the puck line and uh, no. Cause they, it plus, uh, was it plus one and a half or minus one and a half? You had them to, to win. Yeah, but that's plus one and a half on the goals. So that's a win. That's a, oh, that's a win. Okay. Got, one and a half. One of them. And he said empty so, net goal. And that was a no. The funniest thing was so, so Shane was looking at the props and he's like, he did a whole lengthy blurb about, I bet you the Flames, you know, empty net goal. And here's why. And then in a note at the end, he's like, it's like, although with the way the Flames have been playing a lot of overtimes, an overtime game is plus 290, meaning that you almost triple your bet if you bet on the Flames reaching overtime in that game. And then what's the, the, the if Shane had all, if Shane had put it placed a bet on all the things he bet on in, or he, uh, he recommended betting on for this game, uh, just, just the return from the overtime, the overtime. Prop would have covered everything else. Yeah. So he would have broken even just on that. So that's, that's how gambling works, kids. It's random, and sometimes you you go. Oh, sometimes you're like, oh, uh, but the stats say this is going to happen, but this is what has been happening. 
And then, of course, you don't officially recommend it, and therefore... But, Shane, yeah, what are stats, if not what has been happening, aggregated in a numerical way? That's, well, that's all they are. That's why I love them. That's because they tell a story of what's actually happened, especially when you get enough samples. So And, expect, the, ex- uh, and I, the exceptions I, I tell you a lot, too. It would help if Calgary held up their end of the bargain and actually started you know, playing the way that they had been. Uh, they've been faltering a lot lately. Uh, I really don't like... Uh, their metrics when they're trailing by two. Uh, I don't like their metrics the when they're did. up by one. Yeah, well, you, up by one, it's like nothing. Have you seen? Have you checked them lately? The flame, I saw, the, flames, hockey the flames up by one have the second nothing. worst goal differential or third worst goal differential in the league. Oh, uh, as and, in, and, they're very good at not having a lead when they're up by one because their their lead disappears very quickly. And the yeah. flames at, at the last uh, natural stat trick last time I checked in both. Five on five in all situations, or fourth from last in save percentage and shooting percentage okay. at uh, when if they're you, up by one goal. That's if weird. Go, if you go on just percentages, you're going to get a really highly skewed ratio. But if you go to hockeyviz.com, uh, Micah breaks it down per tide up one, two, up two. This is there. Nothing happens, Mike. They're up by one. Nothing happens. It's 381 it's, minutes. It is, it is what Billy Neiman called hospital hockey. Yeah. Lots so of it, patients. It's 381 minutes up one versus 364 down one. So like it's roughly similar plus 0.3 expected goals for for offense, which is next to nothing and plus 0.6 expected goals against, which is also next to nothing. So yeah, they let a little more ahead of time, but it's like not even a full notch. It's, it's next to nothing happens on the ice when they have a lead, which baffles me. Why do you get one goal and then refuse to attack? Like, the, like that part, their defense is great. Their net front presence tied and up one is fantastic. Even down two, it's fantastic. But then you look at their attack, and that's where you down two, they don't even touch the crease. They just start firing from the perimeter. I mean, I don't want to use the term the shell, but you're up by a goal. They kind of they kind of tend to be up the by shell. Two. I want to be up by two before the shell, but I digress. Uh, the up by two metrics are fantastic defensively as well. Uh, last night, specifically, if we were talking about the last few games, uh, I didn't like the last two goals uh, for the goaltender. I, I, I'm, I'm also quick to praise if, him. If there's, if there's one thing so, Shane knows, it's big saves and bad goals. That was bad. That's because bad. if he was a goaltender, Shane would give up only bad goals. Yeah, well, I, exclusively, I, I don't even make saves. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I really didn't like. I didn't like how. Uh, the rebound right up to the middle from a wide angle shot. I didn't like that. The defenseman should have had the attacker a bit more. That's kind of my scapegoat there, but still, I don't like the rebound going up the middle of the ice and or like you or smother it. If, if you can't control it, you, you got to learn, like you're supposed to smother it. But, and then the other thing uh, that's the goal from Cairo, the turnover happened in the neutral zone and there was a half screen. I really just, it's too far out for me to say, okay, like shots from that he, far he, away. He seemed like he lost track of it. And I think yeah, the guys, the guys going across your field of vision doesn't help, but there wasn't anyone right in his eyes. It was sort of far enough back that's, that you'd think he'd be able to judge it. And, and that's why that's, that's the reason I, I'm not like going to lynch him. Like there's people online saying he's a, he's a backup or he needs to go to the match. You are all insane. You are all recency well, biased and just hurt and scorned because you lost the game. We might as won. we might as well transition into our, the the meat in our sandwich this week, which is you know we're come we're just past the halfway mark of the season. We're coming up twenty uh, ish games before the trade deadline, 
and we figured let's talk about where the where the organizational depth and roster is at. And let, let's start with goaltending because That's right now the Flames have three goaltenders that people think are quite good, and Oscar Dansk, who is fine. Uh, Jacob Markstrom was second in the Vesna voting last year. He was on my All Star ballot. He was he finished, I think he was he's fourth on third my ballot, but uh, he finished second. Sorry, sorry, Jacob. I didn't mean to doubt you, but I I liked Sorokin's season last year a little bit better than yours. Uh, but yeah, he was by any any way you want to slice it. Jacob Markstrom was Chef's kiss last year. He was very good. Uh, Dan Vildar barely played last year when he was in. He was promising. Those guys uh, collectively are less than the sum of their parts right now. Uh, and part of it is, and we'll get to this when we talk to the, about the Blue Line group, Pat and I discussed this on, on Sports at 960 on Wednesday. It's not all the goaltenders. The goaltending no, goal no. goal in a lot of ways is the result of all the stuff that happens in front of them. But you're also thinking, you know, the, uh, the, the phrase, you know, I'll, I'm going to pick on some people in the comments and in, in the stands. And I apologize. I love you all. Uh, but there's we all know the guy who is the mix and a save guy. The guy that, you know, if when, and by that I mean when you're looking at a, a, a game from a goaltender, if you look at all the goals individually, you go, none of those are really on the goal. Uh, and we've had games like that that we've we viewed and, and written about, you know, Shane and I, because Shane and I helped do all the post-game stuff. Uh, we've had games where at, at the end of the game, you go, I didn't think the goalies are that bad. And, yeah, I, on the whole, I don't think the Flames goaltenders are the reason why they are where they are. But the Flames goaltenders have not been different makers in a positive way nearly as often as they were last year. And last year, I mean, they had the benefit of run support. And when you have run support, yeah. you have the ability, you got that confidence in your head that if you screw up, you know, you're all is for not all is not lost. And this year, I think psychologically, maybe the goalies are playing a little bit tighter because they don't have that run support. That might be part of it. But in a very broad sense, both Ladar and Markstrom have not stolen games at the same rate they did last year, slash at the rate the Flames probably needed them to to this point to be higher in the standings. The Flames are in the mushy middle right now. Uh, and they have like average goaltending, slightly below average goaltending, depending on the metrics you're looking at. And if the Flames get average goaltending from here on out, they're probably fine. I don't know if they're going to get average goaltending because I don't know if the defensive play in front of them is high quality enough to produce a situation where average goaltending can happen. And again, you, you want your goalies to be able to you know, keep one or two of those big mistakes out of the net. And this year they haven't done it as often. A lot of the big mistakes, we talked about recency bias. We talked about selection bias. The things that, you know, uh, Pat and I talked about that Montreal game on December 1st where the Flames lost two to one. The first thing that happened in that game is Markstrom misreading a, a, a play. He rushed out to get a loose puck. It got past him and, and then it got, ended up in the back of his net. So the Flames put like almost 50 shots on Jake Allen that game. It was like 45 or 47 or something ridiculous like that. They put... Like a better term, forgetting the number, it was a crap ton of shots. Some of them were really good. A lot of them weren't. But they had volume of shots and a decent amount of high-quality shots. And so if you look at the if you look at the metrics and you go, why did the Flames lose that game? I don't think you go, well, you know what happened in the first 30 seconds? Dumbass goalie does a dumbass thing. And as an aside, that was the I suck at hockey game from, uh, from Jacob Markstrom. And I didn't think he sucked at hockey. He was He made a mistake. And the guys in front of them couldn't score their way out of those mistakes. And I think the problem is 
the Flames don't have the ability to outscore their mistakes. And so the goaltenders, it's really incumbent on the goaltenders this season more than any in the last few I can remember. The goaltenders have to outsave the Flames' mistakes. And because of the types of mistakes they've made and when they've been made and the game situations that they happen to be in when those mistakes happen, the red light goes on way too much and things are where they are now. Granted, you know, they've been sort of, they've been sort of, uh, cursed Charlie Brown with the football, whichever way you want to call it, uh, in that situ- in that light. And they're still, if not in a playoff spot, very much in the mix of the playoff spots. They're in I, the playoff mix. And I think they're, they, they have the talent to stick around there, but I would say in order to get across the line and get an X next to their name by April 13th, I think they need to, I think the defensive side of their game and the results their goaltenders produce as a result of the defensive t- side of the game needs to take a bit of an uptick. I think, I think one game a night, one of our D pairs get outmatched. That's, that's what I tend to see. If it's Zadarov and Stone getting outmatched, then we usually win. If it's one of Uyghur Tanev, if it's one of Hanif and Anderson, we actually typically lose. Um, so as a whole, they tend to produce proper results and decent numbers, but you know, every now and then it's just a gaff. It's it's every turnover uh, ends up in the back of the net, and that's you know I I understand the need to save guys because yeah you you sometimes you do just need that extra save. Yeah, it's, it's but the... you also in the in today's today's NHL this is the highest scoring season in like thirty five years, and they're trying to win games three two, which I I mean I I really 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 wish they'd try to win them four three because. They're just, do, they're do just they, missing. Do they have the horses? Goal. Do they have the the firepower to win them for this? Well, I think I think they do, but I think they really need to. The, the coach in this. We'll get back. We'll get to this when we get to the forwards. But as for the goalies, uh, I think Markstrom's fine. I think he messes up sometimes. Everyone does. You don't. You don't do your job. No, none of us. I'm not pointing at you, Pike. I'm the listener. You don't do your job perfectly right every single time, most likely. Oh Everyone God! I, did, I just try to get the names right. That's what. I yeah, exactly. And anyone now, who follows I, me on Twitter. While we're on the goalies, though, while we're on the goalies, though, I need to make uh, a a massive point about Wolf, because after this season, what more does he have to prove in the American Hockey League? If if this keeps up, if this keeps up, and there is no reason to think that it won't, based on he's, all of his trajectory he's, from he's, junior in, if he's not the top goaltender in the AHL right now, he's the top one or two. And and he's been that for two straight years against professional level hockey. So after, after if, being the the top goalie in in one of the better junior leagues in the world for two years, if at any point in time they are eliminated and still have games left, he needs to start every single one of them. That's that's when you do that. That's if they are eliminated and there's two three games left in the season, those are wolf starts. Period. He has earned it and and whatever. And at what point? And then now you got to really look at next year because Vladar's results have been fantastic. You, you, what they should probably do is give him a few more starts to really see how he can handle a, a heavier workload because then you can look at something. You have depth. You want to trade from depth? You want to improve your team? There is someone you could trade for depth that would get you a lot of cap money back. There is. And they need to start really, really looking at that because of the results you're getting from Wolf. Now, you can't do that unless you try him out. And you can't try him out unless you have a propensity or willingness to try young players in your lineup. So that's another thing. And, that's not and that don't, I think that only really happens if, if they're, they're eliminated. If they're eliminated, it may, maybe if they're wouldn't happen if they're going to the last two weeks. But yeah, no, because they'll want to get they'll want to be fresh. They'll want to be fresh and playing their best hockey going into the playoffs. That's what this that's what this coach emphasizes. We've seen it. We have a, his, a history of 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 uh, 
years of playoff appearances that we can go back and check what he did. But he, he, he just, it's about winning the cup. It's not about raising your damn kids for the coach. It's uh, it maybe for everyone else, but it's not for the coach. So it, that's the one thing that's causing a huge X, but if you are a GM of this team and you're looking to make a move to improve, uh, not this year, I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about this off season. There is $6 million in net, uh, and two other really capable showing capable backups. You need to test them. If you want to make that move, you have to test them. Are, if are you thinking trade Markstrom? Yep. That's not, not happening. That's not happening. No, no, I doubt no it is. He's, he's got a full. He's got a full no move. He's yeah, not going. Full no move. No, Six well, million dollars in full no move. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, then they're in trouble. One of the other teams. <laughs> then, no. then they're in trouble because they've got someone. Uh, p- players peak younger than uh, coaches would like you to tell. Their statistical peaks in between twenty and twenty-four years old. So if you don't start them till they're twenty-three or twenty-four, you're just passing by their peak. And that's that's statistical analysis. And there's lots of other analysts that'll back that up. It so, varies by position, but that's generally true. Uh, well, that's why I put the range of 20 to 24. <laughs> let's move on to the defense. I split this up between left shot and right shot. So, yeah, we're including Weger, who plays on his offside with the right shots because he's a right shot. And this is meant to be illustrative. Uh, left shot D, Flames have Hannafin, Zadorov. Uh, Mackie, Gilbert, Poirier, Kuznetsov, Pullman, and Soloyov on active NHL contracts. Uh, Oliver Shillington is a left shot D. He's currently on the non-roster list. This uh, this list gets kind of lean after the first two guys. Hannafin is a top. I think in, on a Hannafin is. I would, say, I would say Hannafin is backlandy in the sense that I think Hannafin's playing a little bit above where he should be, but. He's good. He's he he's good. He's absolutely fine. He's the second best, maybe third best defenseman on the team, but he's very good. Uh, Zadorov has probably been the big surprise positively for me this year. Uh, I think uh, uh, Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter said that Dylan Dubé was the most improved player of the organization. I I don't disagree, but if I was going to disagree, I'd say Zadorov because I think Zadorov and to a lesser extent Dan Bladar have been excellent in terms of taking a step and. You know, we've mentioned it here in the past, losing Shillington for however long you lose him for, you lose the mobility and you lose that speed. Zadorov, he's not perfect, but goddamn, you got to gotta tip your hat to him to just having the, uh, the wherewithal to jump into the rush. And he very rarely gets caught out. He generates a lot off the rush. He generates a lot pinching. He, he's, uh, is, do I think he's going to withstand this for the, for the whole new contract? I don't know, but he's easily been worth the money this year. And, they needed someone to step up. Uh, you know, they, they the defense has not been great this year. They could have been horrible had you not had Zadorov take the stri- take the strides he did this year. But he, the left side is massively. Left yeah, side well, is it, it, there's nothing after that. Like you, you, that's why Uyghurs playing over there. There's nothing after that. There's there's, there's you, two you guys. Can't, you can't run your left right pairs because we've tried Mackey, we've tried Gilbert. We, we Gilbert's we, been we, fine, but Gilbert's Gilbert, okay. I think, but that's not a difference maker. Gilbert's right? a seven. Mackey's probably a seven. Poirier's been a healthy scratch because in, in the AHL because he's sort of all over the first place. Year. First year off. Uh, Kuznetsov, same deal. Pullman's yeah. an AHLer. Solovyov's an AHLer. Then they have like. I can't even remember who they have uh, beyond the entry level system. They got Cole Jordan, who's injured and is missing the rest of the season. And why not? Is not signed, but he's a prospect. Um, yeah, I, they're they're pretty weak on D prospects. Let's we're not gonna. We're I not think gonna, we know. I think we know what they're doing with their draft we, picks this year. Yeah, they definitely, especially when they went Topi Roni last year, when only three picks. You, you, they need. Hey, to, hey, they need. hey, 
Hey, I'm not dissing World Topi Junior Roni. competitor Topi Roni to you, sir. Hey, hey, but hey, yeah, I, I agree. I never, went, I, went, I never said went, that. But you traded Malamaki. We're heavy this year. I expect him to go D heavy next this year. I, you know what uh, would surprise me, Ryan, if they dipped into the college free agent pool again this year. They oh, like they're definitely going to. They like to do that. They always do that. That's where they found Dewar. It's where they found Mackey. They they like to do that, and I'm sure. So so Flames fans, if you're interested, go look at who the seniors at the NCAA playing right now are. I believe I saw on Daily Faceoff. I believe this week uh, a list of a breakdown of the college free agents. I'm going to look into yeah. that. I'm going to look for that because yeah. we're Shane that's, and I will have a Shane and I will uh, cherry pick some names for that's, later that's, on. That's just it's but just out but just before just after the trade deadline a lot of that happens and you it's know it's, really hard. it's really hard for them to step right in this NC, NCAA playoffs do. are around or the second or third week in March and then teams start disappearing from the playoffs and players start appearing in the NHL well and and it's it's not a seamless jump uh it's very hard for the Adam Foxes to just go right into the world they he's the exception um but it's it's a good way to get a 23 year old closer to ready prospect that you might want to try out on your third pair. So they did that with Mackey and it's, he's still on the team, but it's, uh, you know, he's not exactly playing very much. Let's, let's move to the other side, the right shot D uh, this one, there's fewer names and well, they're top I would argue less variation. They're Anderson, top three. Anderson, Weger, Tanev, Stone, Nick D. Simone and Nick Maloche. Uh, Anderson is fantastic. I don't think like, uh, no one friend, over players. at the athletic our friend julian mckenzie posted his report cards she plugged for julian stuff it's always very good uh i believe julian gave rasmus anderson an a minus uh anderson's been excellent on the power play anderson's been very good at five on five his defensive uh much like anderson or much like hannafin his defensive outputs are eh, it depends it depends on the game but unlike hannafin i think the difference for me between hannafin and anderson is that Anderson generates more offense and he, you know, for better or for worse, he creates chaos out there for the other team. And like, I, I, I'll say this, I'll say this. I have covered uh, Rasmus his entire pro career. I remember being at the development camp where Daryl or Brad living very publicly criticized his fitness level. And mm-hmm. Rasmus, every time the organization has challenged Rasmus to do something, he's managed to do it. And there's not a lot of young guys who can do that. A lot of a lot of young guys just sort of wilt when they're challenged publicly or privately. And Rasmus was challenged in both ways, very bluntly. And every time that's happened, he's you know passed with flying colors. There a few years back, I think his second or third year of his entry level deal, I think when he was just starting to transition to the NHL, they they brought him up for a month. He was up, I think, for the better part of February or yeah, March one year. Ten games. And ten he games. he barely yeah. played, and they just said. Hey, we're sitting you next to to Mark Giordano, and we want you to be a sponge. And yeah. Rasmus took a big step after that. And you don't do that in if you don't believe in a guy. You don't do that unless he's met your expectations or, or exceeded them in some ways. And I think Rasmus has continued to do that. I don't think Rasmus has topped out in terms of what he can be at this level. And twenty five minutes a night ish. Sometimes uh, thirty. Like think like, about this. Think about this. The, the, a guy who's who's criticized for his fitness level is now an all a thirty minute a guy a, a night guy on a lot of nights. Like if, cardio if, if they were in playoff matchups right now, if they were in playoff matchups and it was tied and they were only putting out the top two D pairs, Anderson's over the boards every other shift. He is. He's their guy. Uh, there was a debate this offseason because of the McKenzie Weger acquisition about who the number one D is going to be, and Anderson hasn't let hasn't let him take it from him. 
Like he's yeah, earned it's it. Not, and it's he's not still a earned it. Right and it's granted, not even close. It's Anderson claims number one defenseman. I, I, McKenzie, I don't think McKenzie's skill set right now, at least he's in the system, learning. translate itself to offense right now. Like, but yeah. the nice thing is you have an Anderson, like you have the you have the ability to use Tanev and Uyghur in sort of more of a shutdown pair, and you have the ability to use the other guys as more of an offensive pair. Well, so and if it's, go it's little, worked out okay. Long, if you go a little longer term on an outlook too, uh, with their ages, Anderson and Uyghur are going to be here a long time. Now, Tanev will run out of, I don't know, body or, or functionality in his body at some point, but they'll still be here. And then you can still have two functional pairs with an absolute anchor on it. The right side's very strong. Um, not exactly something they need to create six. And I'm going to, we've been inherently positive here. I still think uh, I like Michael Stone as a seven, not a six. I like him as the guy to fill in. I I would love Shillington back. We will respect his privacy, whatever's going I, on. I think, I we're think we're very in, good with in that. An, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, I don't like saying run 11 7 because I think 11 7 is a bad idea a lot of the time. In an ideal world, you run 11 7 and Stone is your second power play right point guy and oh, I'd still have and then chilling. and then you throw him into rotation every now and then and you can do that when he's like if he's playing 20 25 games a year and he comes in on the third pair and he's a, a secondary power play option great if I, he's there I, because you have nobody else that's not as good I think we missed uh Hannafin Shillington second power play D pair I think is very missed as well because oh, yeah. show, people I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't think people realize how much Shillington's mobility makes problems for the other players. He's like a fourth he's easily their best skater. He's he, easily, he's, he's, without a doubt, their best He's skater. a lot like, I, I, I'm going to age myself a bit. Paul Reinhardt, when he was with the Flames, was oh. used as a rover, which is basically a fourth forward. He lined yeah. up as a defenseman, but he basically just jumped in the rush as a fourth forward. And, you know, that's kind of what Oliver brings to the group. And he can get back. There's yeah. like maybe he's both, he's 10 both people that can have skate in the league. 
because of his mobility, he's the second defenseman and he's the fourth forward, and it's fantastic yeah. to watch. So hopefully we can see it again soon. And, and and as long as you have Tanev out there with him, you don't have to worry about anything. Let's move don't. to the let's move to the centers. Uh, this is I honestly I think this is a position that's both weaker and stronger than people think uh, at the NHL level. Elias Lindholm, Nazem Kadri, Michael Backlund, and some combination of Adam Rosicka and Redeem Zahorna. And at the American League level, uh, Ben Jones, Connor Zary, Kevin Rooney, Clark Bishop. Uh, occasionally put other guys in. I uh, actually had a thought today, Pike, and I was like, I was thinking of doing a poll, and I was going to be like, does any who who else has forgot Kevin Rooney's in the Flames organization right now? Because I did this morning. I I, I don't think we're ever going to see him again. I forgot that he was here. I was straight up. I was like, who do they have in the minors? Because I was looking at the Karens call, uh, Roy Karens, because I was I'm not happy that he was playing in the East Coast League with his results from the uh, they minor. got too many they got too many bodies. Yeah, well, and then Rooney's right in the way. And Bishop was he healthy or hurt still? Uh, Bishop got uh, his bell rung. I think he yeah. got crushed by a hit or or had yeah. an injury or something. So, but yeah, the the the, the steady guys have been Ben Jones, who's still very young. Ben Jones, I think, is 24. I like Ben Jones. Ben like Jones is Ben Jones. The the big knock on Ben Jones is he's a, a master of a master of uh, none, but he's uh, pretty he good knows, at everything. Master, yeah, like he's yeah. He, he's. He'd be a perfectly adequate fourth line filling guy, but oh. I don't know if he has upper mobility. But you need those guys. And the his only problem is the Flames also have a redeemed Zahorna. And so if you have the you know, Zahorna has the physical element to his game that Jones Hornet doesn't bigger. have. But I mean, yeah, they have options. Uh I I'm a big Connor Zary guy. Connor Zary really quietly is a point per game in the AHL this year. Connor Zary very quietly has a lot of primary points in the AHL. Connor Zary has one hell of a training camp too. He's, he, I think he's top 20 right now in AHL scoring right now. The flames uh, have three players in the top 20 AHL scoring two of them. Uh, like I know people realize uh, Zary just turned like he's a, a young 21. 21 is he? He's just turned 21. Yeah. Like, and, so, and even if he doesn't play next year, there's going to be a hell of a lot of contracts coming off the books after the 2024 season, and there's going to be a lot of his his contract doesn't expire until 2025. Exactly, so he can be he, he, ELP uh, money on a main roster, and that's for the that's for the for the folks who are curious because Zary's a late birthday. When the Flames signed him, they got an extra year of entry level slide out of it, as long as he doesn't play 10 games in the NHL. So his he had basically signed a four year entry level deal. That's a that's uh that has on paper three, but it, it maxes out at four because of the slide. So Zary gets four years development. Last year was kind of a weird year with his injury. So that's basically a wash. So if you look, if you think of this as Connor Zary's rookie AHL year, God damn, he's playing really well. So he's doing what they, he's, he's doing what we were all hoping he was going to do. He, I could see them doing with him. They'll, I think they're going to continue to step by his progression with Zary. I don't think Zary is going to be an NHL option this year, unless Again, they're completely out of it. Well, and, I think you might see Jones. You might see. If, I, if I think there's an Jones injury, the if there's an injury to two of Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund, you might see him because that is that is a center based option that can play in the top nine and provide offense. I don't know if that's what they do. It's just it's possible because you know you center. Rizichka is probably the first option. He's there. He plays every day. He knows the competition. It naturally would be his first one. But if you need to replace another center, like if, if all of a sudden Lindholm and Kadri go out for two weeks, that's a Zari opportunity. Yeah. Um, moving on to the left the left wings, or at least the way I'm defining left wings are forwards who shoot left. 
This is oh. non-center forwards who before we out. go before we go. I just we we talked about it online. I just want to mention the Backlund bump, the visual representation I shared of the Backlund bump. Oh yes, the Michael Backlund bump. It's Did very you similar in some ways to the Chris Tanev bump? Yeah, it was it was it was. I was just messing around and I was like, oh, with the withouts. Let's look at this. And Michael Backlund literally, literally, significantly improves every single person when he's on the ice with them. And now Coleman's been glued to him, so we can maybe think of him as a pair. But Huberto worked there, Rizicka worked there, Manjapani works there. It's like and then it, it's, then the, it's like a hell pairings. of a coveted whatever job. whatever defensive pairing you think needs to get a bit of a, a an easier time of it, even though Backlund's line very much seeks out the tough assignments. They're they're the shutdown line. You put now, them out, someone and they turn uh, out well. Dom Dom Lasession um, was on. Fan 960 with Sal, uh, Haley Salvian on her show at noon. And he said the only reason Backlund, he's not really heavy on the Backlund uh, Selkie train is just because he faces less quality of competition than Bergeron does. Calgary doesn't exactly try to match up their line. The Calgary tends to do best versus best, but they, they there has yeah. been a tendency under Daryl that they give the first, they basically give the second line to Backlund. And so this, the, the, the Huber Doe line, has tended to see more and more third line opposition, but mm-hmm. because well, yeah, but the back Lindholm's line gets the toughest opposition. Backlund's line gets the second line of the other team if they have last change, and then the third line gets uh, whoever's left. But I just, I just want to tell all the listeners that, uh, like, if you we we talk about it all the time, I posted a visual representation of how good Michael Backlund is for everybody on the team. So if you go to my Twitter profile, you can find it if Twitter still exists by then. But everyone's, now, everyone now slides. we can go. Everyone now slides can, to the right side. Yeah, now um, we can go to the left side. Sorry. Okay, le- these are forwards who aren't centers that shoot left. Yeah. Uh, in no particular order, Dylan Dubé, Jonathan Huberdeau, Andrew Mangiapane, Blake Coleman, Milan Lucic, Jacob Pelche, Emilio Peterson, Martin Pospisil, Ilya Nikolaev, and Rory Karens. Uh That's a lot of bodies, and you can understand with seeing all those damn names, especially – uh, if you don't play center regularly, if you're a winger, and you know we'll talk about the the right shot guys in a bit, you can kind of understand why Karen's Nikolaev got slid down to the to the coast because there's simply only so many spots at both the NHL and AHL levels to give guys reps, and it's you know it's the coast, it's it's fine, it's not great, it's fine, it's hockey, uh, but NHL level, Dubé's been really good, Huberdeau's getting there offensively, I think defensively he's. He's not all over the map. Uh, he's getting he, there. He's, he's trending. I didn't, I didn't like the St. Louis turnover. I really didn't. That was yeah. trying. He, I, it, it was. It's a. It's a disparity. He it's makes that move. He gets there. We're all praising him because he got to the net and probably scores a goal. Instead, the puck turns over to two on one the other way with one of the best passers in the league, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. So, it, it, it's it's a disparity. And I'll say I'm this: glad if, he tried. If you're, if you're gonna turn it over turnover in the other team's slot rather than their blue line or your blue line like you turn it over of, in their crease in terms of your ability to cover up for mistakes making a mistake in the other team's crease or high slot or lo- like low low slot that's fine it's not great but if no, you're gonna do it that's the place to do it so you, no, your guys have a chance to get back the real issue was that Kadri was also charging behind the net and so as soon as he charged like like he didn't read that he didn't read that 
And now they're both blow, and now Anderson's all left alone. And then he goes full uh, alligator on the basketball court and slides into the goaltender, um, which never helps, in my opinion. But I just – I love Huberto, and I think he's really coming along. I think that if he can somehow find a way in his game to – get to the crease more or get more chances from the crease. He's going to have a massive improvement. The coach said that there's no one dynamic enough to do so. I think he's challenging him. He's no. saying, show me, show me. I'm going to come out. You'd ha- I haven't seen it yet. You have to do it. I've given yep. you the parameters of how to play. Johnny Gaudreau was able to do it. You go do it. Now. And let's, let's, let's throw out some, some unsolicited praise here. I don't think Milan Lucic is the long-term option for the top six or top nine. It's just, I think, based on his wheels and based on his skill set, I think there can be a better option found. That said, um, since he has been put in that position with uh, with Kadri and Huberdeau, he's been really good. Not he hasn't been. It's not like he's been a world beater, but every game, like say, if you and I were were sitting down and being like, okay, unless Luch does something impressive, we got to move him down. Every game he makes one smart play, like a smart read, a smart pass, a smart, like there was a, like, I think the, uh, the Chicago game, I think it was, it might've been the Chicago game off that face off, uh, the lead to the Huberto goal, basically. Uh, oh yeah. He was the one that he, he, it was, he they, the they lost the, the face off. They lost they the face it. off. Yeah, he, he won the battle. He, for the puck. T- he tied up his man, lifted his stick, booted the puck over to Huberto and Huberto one time. I mean, that's a good hockey play. He he's he's made enough of those that I think he's earned himself a bit of runway with the coach. Again, I don't think he's a long-term option. I think if Milan Lucic is in your top six heading in the playoffs, there's something wrong. Um, that said, he he's if the idea is that the Flames are going to use the cap space they have at the deadline or close to the deadline to get themselves some top nine wing help, and you're thinking, well, you're already paying Lucic. Use Lucic to buy you some time, buy you some cap space. And then, it, you know, Lucic making sense in that role short term buys you three weeks of cap space to go out and get someone better. But, you know, you can upgrade that position a little bit more every week that Lucic is able to eke out a living there. So and he's, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, I think he deserves some, some, uh, some kudos for how well he's performed there because I don't think that's an easy job. And I don't necessarily think that's a job that suits the skill sets long term, but I think he's done enough good things to earn a little bit of uh, a leash, so to speak. I his results for the last three games have been positive. I've been I've been in group chats and on Twitter telling people they're like, "Why is he there? Why is he there?" I'm like, "Well, it's working," and the results are working. Now, the three games before this last three were atrocious; they were very terrible. And the fact that that line was kept together to get there was was a real question mark for me it's working now so i would, that, I would, that's, I would say, news. that's the news cycle for that's already over We're i would i would say this i would say I, this it's basically imagine if you and i are in a boat and there's a hole in the boat and we have a cup and we can bail the water out pretty easily and we're staying afloat neither of us would say well this problem solved because we're still using a cup to bail water out of the damn boat yeah, That's still a problem. We still need but, to fix the hole in the boat. Yeah, but be, <laughs> yeah. being able to yeah. bail the water yeah. out long enough for us to get to the island or get to the port or get to wherever we're going to fix the boat, great. You've figured out a, a lifeboat, so to speak, to get yourself to the to the trade deadline where you can no. upgrade it. If you I'm, don't upgrade it, then then I think you got a problem. I'm fine with him being there right now. 
Uh, it one or one game of being bad too isn't enough for me to get rid of them there either. A couple games in a row, I would I would start to look now. Now, if it if it declines again for a couple games, I'd be like, all right, we should let's let's try something else. Lucic is a perfect fourth line player for me. I like him there. I don't want him higher, but he's earned it. Um, and everyone just wants to plug these guys in. This is not how it's going to happen. Like we, we, we said, they're, they're the plan for today and they're playing to win the game today. They're the coach is wants the Stanley cup and they are not concerned with playing the prospects just to play the prospects. That's not going to happen. They are. And that's their earn it mentality, whatever you want. Now, Lucic has not been messing up. You may say it's not, and, and Pike agrees and I agree with him. It's not a long-term solution, but right now it's working. So you can, you please leave the social admins alone. They don't pick the lineups. Uh, whether it's on the Flames page or the 960 page or anything, it, I, 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 I actually know for a fact the interns at nine, the uh, the producers at 960, they're on the social. They're the ones choosing the lineup. So if you get mad, get mad. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Like it's, it's only yeah. Taylor. Taylor is the one you should get mad at. There's only there's only so many Facebook comments about how what they should do with him. He's fine, guys. He's been playing okay. And personally, to me, I would leave the lineup the same until I saw a falter. Why, why would you yeah. change it? You may not like it and it may not appear pretty or what you want, but if it works, you don't need to change it. And it is working currently, so they don't need to change it. That said, that said, on the topic of left shot forwards, I'd love to see Pelche get a game or two in before I he goes back about- down because he's been he's been a ve- he's been very good to borderline exceptional in the American League. He plays in every situation. You can plug and play him. Uh, Darren Haynes from CP uh, posted uh, the other day, uh, hey, wh- what do you mean they couldn't put him in the fourth line? I don't disagree. I think you could throw him into the fourth line. It'd be fine. I just want to say that when you do everything you can at the lower level to earn an opportunity and then don't get it, what is the motivation to keep up the work? I'll uh, I'll counter, ba- I'll counter, counter that with, A, he's getting NHL money, and B... Well, He's getting age. He's getting exposure to NHL players, NHL practices, NHL coaches. He's not riding the bus from Winsport back and forth. He's on the NHL plane. He's in, like, I think there's a that's, benefit for him. It's that like saying it's, goes beyond him. That saying goes beyond just him. That's what. But that's, it's, that's, but it's, it's yeah, like you know what like, we, talk, we talked about. We talked about the. We the talked about the Rasmus Anderson benefiting from just being around. Imagine I think there's a benefit. Too. I think there's a better that's, how they, that's how they grew Manjapani too. People yeah. people are quick to forget plopping him next to Derek Ryan. It, you know, but I like I get it. Playing, I get their He's mentality. Playing. I get their mentality. I get it. I respect it. But you can under you can understand why why things are being done the way they are, but also and, respectfully disagree with the mindset behind them. And then it also uh say there's any young, attractive free agents, why would they come? Why would any college free agent want to sign with you when you don't give young players a chance? You're you're gonna they, not just no, they agents, might be able to entice not them. just free agents. They have uh, one of the top young college players in the United States is yeah, uh, the Flames prospect. Yeah, and he could, he could just he I could just I would imagine like I would imagine when his season's over, there's gonna be a conversation of so you're coming in, and I would love to be a fly in the wall for that conversation because if you're him, you could you know, I mean, if we're being honest here. Generally speaking, players outlast coaches, uh, and I, I think Daryl Sutter is a very smart coach. 
I would also observe that he tends to wear out his welcome and that when some, when he signed the, the fact that he signed a two-year contract extension does not necessarily mean he's going to coach for two more years. Um, he might it resign, is- he might retire, he might, whatever. I don't know. But if, the, if, if he does everything he wants to do with the flames, he might not play out his contract. If he doesn't think he can do the things he wants to do with the flames, he might not play out his contract. So well, if you're, if you're hypothetically a Matt Coronato I go up to him and say, do you want your signing bonus? Get your signing bonus right away. If you sign right away, that'd be fun. Uh, and, you know, you can, you get your NHL signing bonus and maybe you sign a tryout deal and you go down and play for a really good, really respected coach in the American League and try to win a championship down there. Good, or maybe, you know, even if, if the head coach here is like, I'm not going to play him, but he can hang out. I mean, I'll say this. If you haven't watched Coronado play, Coronado has a lot of suttery vibes to his game. He plays every situation. He wins a lot of faceoffs. He's a right shot forward who scores goals. He that. checks. He four checks. He's he's. I think he's closer. The way I would describe Coronado is: imagine a Brett Ritchie who's expected to score goals and does. That's kind of what he's been at the AHL level, except or at the NCAA level, except like you know he he's not quite as physical as as richie because you can't really be that physical in the american in the ncaa level to the college level but he plays with that kind of pace he plays the kind of dogged puck pursuit mentality game and he can kill penalties and play the play the power play my favorite two aspects of him are his shot and his knowledge of you need to use that shot from a dangerous area like he, he prioritizes getting into an area where he can get more of the net to shoot at because he has the ability in the split second to change where he wants to shoot it and a lot of guys do that not like and when you watch Lucci's play can, right now he picks where he's going to shoot and he shoots there there's no change yeah. in it it's 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 the goalie can read it pretty easily in terms Coronado of in terms of, shoot, in terms of shooting accuracy i probably put Coronado up with almost anyone in the flames organization I, right now I, there's only one person with a shot I'm absolutely blown away by right now, and that's Lindholm. Oh, okay, Lindholm. Yeah, uh, Lindholm. I like Toholi's accurate. Uh, it's why he hits so many friggin' posts. <laughs> got nine this year by Will's. Uh, Derek replied to me on, on Twitter, and he said he's hit five crossbars and four posts, which just drives me insane. <laughs> he's uh, he's third in the league or fourth in the league in yeah, terms of but Lind- hit. I I put Coronado's shot already naturally uh, with the strength and accuracy in between Lindholm and Toholi. Which is to say something. What was with the right hand shooting guys? Like, why are they more accurate? But well, as, as a righty, I'll say it's not a natural thing for the righties. It's it's just, these, guys, these guys are much better at shooting than I am. But it's yeah, okay. So, like, I so can't. That, that is that is to say that is to say. A, I think Coronado's sutterier than we give him credit for, and I think the coach might not have as many issues playing him as you think he might. But wow. I'd also say that even even if even if he doesn't play. If you can get him under contract, A, he's under contract, you don't have to worry about that anymore. And B, you can get him through development people. Maybe, maybe you pull an Anderson. Maybe if you have the cap space, you say, Hey, Coronado, you might not play, but we're gonna you're gonna be the new Matthew Phillips, where we're gonna sign you, we're gonna park you in the in the in the locker room, you're gonna ride the bus, you're gonna be at every meeting, every practice, every everything, and we're basically going to you're gonna learn the inside out the flame system. The year that the the year that the flames uh, had the bubble the bubble playoffs, the uh, the 2020 season, they had signed Connor Mackey in the interim, and they brought Connor Mackey to the uh, to the training camp. Connor and Mackey was not eligible to play in those playoffs. But the idea was they're like, even if you can't play, there's a value to you coming 
and practicing and being around the team and learning the stuff. That way, when the camp starts next year, you have a head start. And he, I think it helped him. I know it helped Anderson. I know it yeah. helped uh, a lot of these other guys. So, I mean, the well, Colorado question will become probably a bigger issue the closer we get to the NCAA playoffs, but he's, well, he's really good. The other relevant point is we're going to, we haven't listed off our right shot depth yet, which I'll do right now. We might as well, because we talked about Coronado who yeah, doesn't so, count right now. So uh, you want to, me to go to the list? Or do you want to go to the list? I'll do it. To Foley, Lewis, Dewar, Richie. Those are the current NHL ones. And then Phillips, Schwint, Klapka. That's it. So That's just, it. just, just by virtue of being of a righty. Lack of, lack of pretty valuable. Okay. Here's a question. Uh, obviously, I don't think Coronado is an upgrade over Tyler Toffoli. No, I don't think based on how based on Lewis's knowledge of the NHL game, like Lewis is an exceptionally smart player, great penalty killer, pretty good five on five fourth liner. I think situationally, you probably prefer Lewis to 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 Coronado at least right away. Beyond that, I mean, I love Trevor Lewis and what he brings and what he fights for. Uh, but if you're going to have all your upper guys kill penalties as well, having a fourth line guy that's just there to kill penalties long-term uh, and and taking spots from younger players to get the experience that we want to talk about is a hindrance. But I, I like Trevor Lewis. Okay. Oh, I don't want I him out of the lineup. I do want him in the lineup, but he's also, I, I think Trevor at Lewis, point, at what point I think he, he's just, he's about to turn 36 too. Yeah. He might've already turned point, 36. At what point is that spot? Like, like, He's got a timing clock on him. Age comes for us all. At what point is that spot better suited to training a younger guy? That's all. You you have other guys in the top of your rotation that kill a lot of penalties. You have Backlund, Coleman, Lindholm, Manjapani, Dubé. Like, you're not short on penalty killers. Trevor Lewis turned 36 You want to find a spot for someone? Uh, giving a 36-year-old rest for a game isn't uh, isn't a bad thing either. So, mm-hmm. just, just everyone's trying to talk about Lucic, Lucic, Lucic. And I'm like... Ah, you could you could do this. You could. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. And I'll I this. love playing Trevor Lewis. So I'll say this: we 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 use this venue to vent and, for lack of a better term, to bitch about the Flames. Yeah, obviously. I I I don't. I think we need to go out of our way to say Tyler Defoli's had a really good season. I have oh, nothing but absolutely. nice things to say about Tyler Defoli right now. A A plus. If Julian was doing poor cards, A plus to Tyler Defoli. He did. Last year, everyone was complaining he couldn't score around the playoffs, and he was doing the same thing he's doing this year, hitting a million posts. Yeah. Like, the guy is a natural finisher, which is a good thing, and he's under 5 million. I think, what's his cap at? 4.8? 4.25? Yeah, maybe. Good cap number this year and next year. I He's a top six right winger. You don't need to fix that problem. He's proven it, and uh, he's working really well. They had a bad game against St. Louis last night, but everyone's allowed to have a bad game or two. Like, yeah. Just, it doesn't mean anything one or two. So, so I, I think the between, uh, I think the, the, the weaknesses that flames have right now are they, they could use another top nine winger who can score some goals. I'm sure they, they, they and, I, and I think they'd like to get one more reliable defensive body. Uh, our friend, Robert Munich keeps mentioning, why not Luke Shen? Why not Luke Shen? That's my question. Agent, because the agent said he's worth a first round pick. That's why not. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what. Uh, let's see what Patrick Alvin says he's he's worth. But yeah, Luke, Luke Shen feels like a Flames player. He, I don't know if he has the the durability to to hang out for too long. But 
Calgary doesn't really have a cap space to have anyone hang out too long if they're going to add. And they, sh- in my opinion, they need to be in a better spot. They need to be more comfortably in one of the three spots than a wild card spot if you're going to start spending higher end assets, especially in a draft of this deep. And, and that's that's going to be so real I'll, hard to sell on the coach and the players. I'll, that I'll say this. Well, I'll say this. So on the site on the site on Thursday morning, I broke down the the assets that that other GMs would be asking about. Here's the thing. Um, we talk about firsts. Flames used their first in 2022 to get Tyler Toffoli. And it worked out reasonably well. But they also didn't get a first-round pick. Granted, the draft wasn't amazing. This year is a unicorn of a draft. It's a very good draft. Uh, but okay. the Flames have a conditional pick tying up their first-round picks for 2024, 2025, and 2026. So the NHL will not let them trade any of those three picks. Uh, granted, they could make a side deal with Montreal to potentially – free up one of the, the picks, but bar, barring something unforeseen, the way it works is if you have a, tra- if you have a pick that's tied up in a condition, you can't trade it. You yeah. cannot make, you cannot make a trade that makes it impossible for you to adhere to conditions of a trade. So you promise that pick if this happens and you don't get to do anything with it until that's determined whether that happens or it doesn't. So usually end of the year by the time that kicks in because you can't you can't rule out someone scoring seven goals in the last day of the year it's happened in the nhl before so <laughs> well yeah so the the flame the only first the flames can use right now is their 2023 first and i don't think they want to uh montreal asked for the 2023 first and they were told very bluntly no thank you huh, uh, no. <laughs> i'm sure it was i'm sure it's phrased very politely but yeah. that's it's a so that, that ties their hands a bit uh in terms of high-end prospects they have what I'd be asking about Coronado, Pelche, Zari, probably Wolf too. Oh, that's that's where it ends. That's it. Yeah, like that's I think it. I think Emilio Peterson's getting himself closer to that conversation. He's like a B plus now because he's had a really good year. Um, but I'd still college people want to talk about a, a replacement for a first round pick. It's the guys he took in the first round. Still, yep. that's it. That's it. I mean, so, there's wow. a couple Can't other hold. guys who might be Can't in the Knicks. You can convince a team that Jeremy Poirier is really good. You can probably convince a team that uh, Arsene Shagayev is really good. A couple other guys, but up, probably still. It leans, it leans off. It leans out really quickly, though. Yeah, it's not like if they want to make an impact move, they're really not going to have much of a future. Yeah, they so really aren't. So and and they and, don't and have a... someone. I just wish someone in the organization actively is caring about tomorrow. But we were we'll find out about that after the trade deadline. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'll tell. I'll say one thing, dude. Flags fly forever, and the idea of well, yeah, we'll yeah. worry about it in we'll worry about it in June. The I, I I've had talks with the with a lot of colleagues in other markets. Oh my god, that every uh, the cap is probably only going up by a million bucks next year. Okay, eighty three five because yeah, the escrow five. debt will not be paid off. That means everyone's screwed. There are maybe five teams that have cap space, so you're gonna have. Every team who's spending up the cap who thinks they can make the playoffs or make some noise in the playoffs is going to be, you know, stealing from Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. And then they're all going to head to the draft for the buyout period and go, oh, my God, we're so screwed. And there's going to be so many stupid-looking trades because Vegas gave away Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin for nothing. So they gave away Max Pacioretty and it cost him Dylan Coughlin, right? Yeah, like, but they, they, they traded they him for to, future. They had to give to Coughlin. Space. They had to they had to give up Coughlin for them to take Pacioretty, which is Coughlin's pretty good. Is he Coughlin's good? I, I, I like them. Coughlin's useful. Uh, Pacioretty is very good. 
Oh, uh, yeah. And he just came back and he scored already, I'm pretty yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's we're going to see a lot of teams or buyouts going to Calgary Flames, sending a first round windows. pick for Sean Monahan's cap space. Well, and, and teams are going to buy out some players that might be useful um, to other teams in different roles. Like Edmonton, if it's, Edmonton, it's gonna let's, it's let's, gonna be a lot of pennies in the dollar trades. It's gonna be a lot of you know teams asking around the week before the draft. Can you help me? Can you help me? Do you, can you help me? If they hear no, what they're gonna do is you know you're, if you have third line guys making second line money, you might buy them out because you just can't afford the slotting. And so. Well, this is, this I honestly is have be... questions. If Edmonton falters, man, if Edmonton falters, what happens there could affect the whole market of everything. Who they buy out, what happens, money there, wise. There's like, going to be. There, this is. I, I they, anticipate this to be one of the most like ridiculous and entertaining draft and free agency periods in a decade. Wow, especially because, because of how weird it's going to get. Well, especially the top end, like the top end of this draft, the first seven picks are all unreal. The top pick, I think everyone knows who it's going to be. And he, they're just, every team is just salivating, waiting for, waiting for the ping pong balls to drop. And was it June, April, April, yeah. ping pong balls to drop in April to see if they get that guy. And I don't think they realize that even if they fail, they're still going to get a very, very, very good guy. So, oh no, you fell from a Connor McDavid type to a John Tavares. What's going to happen? <laughs> This is this is that's literally my comparisons. Like if you if you pick third or fourth, you might have to settle for a Tavares Stamkos. There, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be this Unreal. is funny. The teams that are the teams that are gonna be in the 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 sweepstakes for uh, for Connor Bedard are also the teams with cap space. So yeah. this is there's gonna be a lot of really happy teams, maybe a handful of them at the very bottom of the standings, and everybody else is gonna be sweating probably until the beginning of the season. So. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun few weeks. Um, uh, the Flames The flames uh, are still finishing off the road trip they're currently on. Uh, we're recording on Thursday before the Flames play the St. Louis Blues for the second time in a week. Uh, after this Saturday, they play a noon game, Noon Mountain, uh, in Dallas against the Dallas Stars. Uh, it's a noon start partially because they want to throw the European market a bone. And uh, the Finns, who love Miro Heiskanen, will be able to see Miro Heiskanen in prime time. The Swedes, who love Jacob Markstrom, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, and so on, will be able to see them in prime time. Rasmus Anderson, especially. People love Rasmus Anderson in his native Sweden. Uh, so that's oh, the reason for the weird game start. Uh, Nashville is on Monday. Uh, that is, I believe, a 6 p.m. start, probably five or six. Uh, okay. And then they're back at home on next Wednesday where they host the Colorado Avalanche in a rematch of the first game of the season. And I believe Colorado plays – I got to double check. Is Colorado playing the night before? I can check. I have it right here. I, just gotta I think they out. might be. Because I remember, actually, no, this might be the only game of the season between the two teams where uh, maybe, yeah, double double check while I'm rambling. I think it might be the only game this season between the Flames and the Avalanche where both teams are rested. Uh, it take me forever to find it. I didn't have it. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> that, uh, it's, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned to the site for all kinds of news, gossip, information, rumors, hearsay, conjecture. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to the Flames Nation YouTube channel so you can get burn burner, after burner, uh, whatever burner shows we haven't come up with yet because there's more that works. Uh, we're also coming out with Flames Nation Radio and Flames Nation Live every single week. So be sure to subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe to the Nation Network channel, 
good for you, but you might accidentally get Oilers content. So make sure you subscribe to the Flames Nation YouTube channel because there's almost zero chance you'll accidentally watch an Oilers video by subscribing to our channel. Uh, for That'll basically do it for this week. Uh, for Shane, I'm Brian. Thanks very much for joining us. As always, we're brought to you by Eau Claire Distillery, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. We'll see you all in a week as the Flames prepare or are recovering from a game against the Stanley Cup champions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.